don't think so. Good afternoon from New York City, Mom. Hello. Infertility and pregnancy loss. And the reason I know that is because those are those are two uh, topics that are near and dear to my heart. Absolutely. Uh, miscarriages and stillbirths are so minimized, and we will be talking today with our, our guest expert on this. And I just want to say for all of you out there that are listening, for everybody that's listening today, please go on to opentohope.com and watch this powerful show on infertility and miscarriage and realize that you're not alone out there. Okay, I'd love to. Our guest is also on the East Coast. She's in Pennsylvania, and her name is Robin Lentz Morgan. Robin began writing after her first pregnancy ended in miscarriage. The stillbirth of her third child, Margaret, led her to write a self-help memoir titled Journaling Away, Mommy's Grief, a book and a journal for mothers after stillbirth or infant loss. Morgan is a freelance writer, speaker, peer counselor, mother, and a teacher. Welcome to the show, Robin. Hi, thanks. Glad to be here. I think it is an interesting idea because, I mean, the reason I came up with it is when I lost Margaret, uh, people were going around and asking my husband how I was doing, <laughs> and no one was asking him how he was doing at all. And at work, I think they gave him uh, one day off. They didn't understand um, what a stillbirth was. A lot of people don't understand what a stillbirth is. And so I watched him going through this process where I, at least in the beginning, was getting support, but he really wasn't getting any support. And so that's where I came up with this idea because I started asking people who he was connected with, um, my brothers being two, and then also just friends of his in Pittsburgh, to do different things with him that he likes. And I think it's an important thing because men may not talk about it, but if they go out and hit the squash ball together or the golf ball or they go out and watch a football game, they might not even bring it up, but it's just this sense of, of, of closeness that brings them comfort, knowing that, hey, my friend's here for me, I've gone through this, but they're right there for me. 
Um, yeah, well, stillbirth is when you it's, you, it's after 22 weeks, um, a child must be delivered. And so, I mean, I've worked with people who have lost them all along, but it means that the child is born dead. And mm. sometimes people lose the child in utero before birth, and sometimes that stillbirth actually happens um, while the baby is being delivered, and then the baby is born dead. But the most important thing to remember, which people, I guess their minds can't get wrapped around it for some reason, um, is that the mother delivers the child and usually holds the child. And so this is, um, though, um, as Heidi said, I mean, I had a miscarriage too, and they are so, so sad. Um, But they are very different experiences, Mm -hmm. and I don't think people understand the difference. Well, and I would think, uh, Robin, from someone that's had just the miscarriage experience a couple of times, what I was grieving was the future that I thought I was going to have. As you said, um, losing, losing a miscarriage is you lose all your hopes and dreams, and that is why they call it expecting. But in, this, in your other situation, you, you actually are holding a baby, and I would think that would be very different. It is different because... Uh, you leave, you leave, and now some people, especially I think nowadays more people tend to invite family to, um, I would hope, to come and meet their, their baby. But for the most part, you leave that hospital and may it be yourself or you and your husband or you and maybe grandparents have held that child, but no one else has. And so the existence of that child is really only um, available to you. No one else really mm-hmm. thinks that 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 child exists. Right. I did have pictures of her, and it's something I'm I'm so so happy about. I think most of the nurses that work with um, parents who are losing a child are just incredibly well trained, and you're in such a I'm sure you use this word probably too often, but you're in such a surreal state that you really can't um, make decisions for yourself. And I was so happy that they asked me to get pictures. And most people do not want to see pictures. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember them asking me and saying, you know, you should take the picture, you won't regret it. And I'm so glad I have them. Um, There's a part in my book that I say where, you know, my sisters didn't want to look at the pictures, and that was hard for me. Um, It's not something I bring up to friends, but what I will do is, you know, I work with a lot of women who have lost babies, and that can be a starting point where we go out to breakfast and I bring my picture and I tell my story, and then if it seems right, you know, I can bring the picture out and they can bring their picture out, and it's the beginning of sharing our club experience of losing a stillborn. Mm Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think they have. I mean, even to the point where most states have where you can get a birth certificate for your child because the baby was born. And so that's been a, a great fight that has come. Um, you know, most people did not have a birth certificate, but as of last year, and at least in Pennsylvania, I know it's different in other states, New York was before that, um, you can now get a birth certificate. You also can take the baby home in a lot of places. My other ch two children who I had at the time did not meet Margaret. They were down the beach with my parents, and um, so that's another personal decision, but it's wonderful to think that you can have, um, since your experience with your baby is without a doubt going to be very short, that there are some different ways to make it a lasting experience and experience that um, is one that in the future that you can look back upon positively. And, Robin, I think you're making a really good point here. It's a very personal decision, and there's not a right or wrong answer on who should meet your baby and if other, your other children should be brought in. You need to make that for uh, people out there that have to make this decision. It's, it's up to you. There's no right or wrong way. You have to assess the situation at the time and do what's right for your family at that time. No, I think so, and that's once again why I wrote my book, because I, when, I, when, I was, when this first happened to me, I... I turned to reading because I'm a ravenous reader, and I couldn't really find anything except little snippets that had happened to different couples. And what I really wanted was to see someone's journey, just to know that I wasn't crazy. And mm -hmm. I think each of us, our journeys are different. And like you said, it's very personal, and how everyone handles it is, is their own way. But they should feel validated to handle it the best way they wanted to keep that connection with their unborn child. Well, that's it. And I remember there was a politician not that long ago who brought his baby home, and there, the media was scathing and very negative about it because he wanted to introduce the baby to the family. And the baby had been born dead, but he wanted to have that last. He wanted people to say goodbye, and that was his decision. And for some reason, people thought they could weigh in and be critical. And I found that very odd personally. So I'm glad yeah. you wrote this book. Uh, yeah, I think I think for sure there there are so many guilt feelings, and I and I think with with miscarriage, just like uh, like stillbirth, you know, it's something that it's such a personal experience, and one that people don't, um, no one else can really relate to, and um, so I think that those are yeah, you go through those things. I mean, for me, my two older kids were. Uh, very close in age, and then I was pregnant with a third one, and I remember being sort of upset that I was pregnant with her at the time. And uh, so I would go back and, and think about that, or I would think about that um, the week before I gave birth to her, my mother-in-law was with me at the beach, and the, we were really busy, and I wasn't getting much sleep. And um, I remember, you know, thinking, uh, thinking about that, and I, I drank caffeine. My first two I didn't, but then with her I drank caffeine too. You go through all that, and that's why I think writing about that is good because it's sort of like writing, writing away your guilt. 
and then um, you do come to a point where you realize, you know, I shouldn't feel guilty about this. But but for those who have just who are listening who have just lost, the guilt is is tremendous, and it is part of the process to actually think about that guilt, and then and then move on. I just totally agree with Robin, and for in my own situation, having a couple of miscarriages. And then not being able to get pregnant, I just kept thinking my body was letting me down. And then, and then I would do the should have, could have, would have, uh, would have on myself. And I would say we we shouldn't should on ourselves. I shouldn't have done this, and I shouldn't have done that. And maybe I should have walked more. Maybe I should have done prenatal yoga. You know, it's it, you you want to believe that you have total control over your life when in reality, sometimes things happen when you did everything that you could do, and it still happens. Well, the, I think one of the, the main things to do is to be kind to yourself. I mean, I think with all loss, I have a friend who just lost a mother, and, and we expect so much from ourselves. We expect so much to, whether we have other children or a husband to take care of our job to go to or all of them, um, we so much want to just be able to be the one who can get up and do that. And so to be kind to yourself, do something nice for yourself every day, and just think about getting through every hour and then every day, and then soon that will turn into every week. The other thing more on a writing level, I would say, is um, to, to, try to, to try to journal. Maybe it be just writing a letter to your baby. Um, letters to babies, uh, when, you sit, when you sit down and say, for instance, if I say, I'm going to write a letter to Margaret, my daughter, um, that's much easier than just saying, I'm going to sit down and write to Margaret. It actually builds that connection that will forever be there. For a mother, if you've lost a baby, forever you will be that child's mother. And so that's something that even in the depths of grief, for you to know that you will always be that baby's mother. Um, and, you know, and really to just, I guess, you know, take care of yourself, to get exercise and eat right. And the final thing would be to try to connect with someone. May it be a spiritual mentor or someone who has gone through this, because I do think, like, for instance, your show is a wonderful way to reach out, and I think on the Internet there are a lot of great things to, um, a great places where you can connect, but I also think it's important to have a hands-on connection to someone. 